and welcome to In the Saddle podcast. This is the fourth episode where we are previewing the Cheltenham Festival. So it is Friday and we will be covering the Triumph Hurdle, the Albert Bartlett and the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Tonight it is just myself, Katie Clemens, with Mark Horoski and Christopher Loder. Mark, how are you doing? I'm well. Um, some top action today at Sandown and Wolverhampton. I um I wasn't on the multiples with with Ryan Moore, unfortunately. He certainly he's been banging them in, but I know what will happen when I start getting involved in the singles. Uh, they'll start getting back to the old the old times, you know, and they're getting beat. Um, but yeah, I'd watched a bit of recent post live today. The gaffer was on there, uh, some profit for for Betfair um, and for the viewers. Uh, really looking forward to to the action next week. Um, first day is really important for me financially because obviously I'm. I'm quite heavily invested in the honeysuckle for the champion. Um, should be a huge winner for me. Um, and hopefully we can get a, a couple of winners on Gold Cup Day as well. Um, I've picked picked a few a few suspect ones. Uh, there's there's an there's an old an old villain in there as well, which is is a cliff horse for me. And you probably know who I'm talking about in the Gold Cup. I can see Chris Loder looking <laughs> right now. But um yeah, this could be the one uh, to get out of trouble, I think. I think he's a he's a big price. But looking forward to through the action next week. Just unfortunately, I couldn't get any time off work. Um, my manager wasn't having any of it, unfortunately. But we're working from home. Um, innovators, uh, I'm sure I can get a live stream up somewhere. So onwards and outwards. Chris Lauda, what's going on your end other than editing many, many podcasts? Yeah, um, quite quiet, really. Just getting ready um, for Cheltenham. Uh, making sure I'm getting those bourbon biscuits, getting those uh, tea bags as well, you know, uh, bring it on. Going to be uh, putting on the pounds and hopefully finding a few pounds as well. So, yeah. You know how to celebrate. Exactly. You're some man crystal, aren't you? You're some man. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is, people wonder where I put it all. The, 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 <laughs> for some reason, the scales don't show the weight gain. I don't know why, but uh, there you go. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a one in a million, I think. If we're, if we're talking about weight, I'm going to do a quick shout out for a second um, to Joe, who is head of jockey development at the British Racing School. He gave me um, some exercise plans to do, um, inspired by what he does with some of the um, jockeys in training. Um, and I am now back to the weight that I was pre-COVID. Uh, so feeling fit all and strong and everything, all thanks to Joe. So thanks to him for that. Shall we dive into these three races then, guys? Yeah, big show to Joe. Yeah, let's get let's get Go stuck on, into Joe. it. Okay, perfect. So we will start with the one twenty JCB Triumph Hurdle Grade One. I think we're. I mean, anyone that's listened to the podcast will know that most of us will be siding with the same horse here. So let's start with Chris. Give us your viewpoint. Yeah, it's going to be Tritonic. I've been brainwashed on WhatsApp for the last two or three months, I think. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not on at the, at the bigger, juicy prices. But yeah, I love this horse. Maybe not quite as much as Katie, but I really do like him. Um I think he's got a fantastic chance in the Triumph. I know a lot of people say he's not going to lay a glove on Zana here, but I don't know. I think Cheltenham will really suit him. I think the hill um, 
will really bring his uh, speed and stamina into play. I think he's got a combination of both. Um, I was really impressed by his win at Kempton. Okay, it might not have been the greatest time in the world, but the last um, furlong or so was very impressive, I thought. The, the way that he pulled clear from the rest. Okay, he might not have beaten too much, but you couldn't be helped by the way he did it. Obviously, very similar horse to uh, one Grometti. Um, obviously, he ran a blinder in the Triumph a few years ago. Um, but yeah, Tritonic. I think he will beat Zanahir. Um, we haven't seen Zanahir as well since um, Christmas. And I think sometimes that's one thing in the juvenile game. I think juveniles can, especially the ones coming in to the Triumph, I think the ones that have been running recently is normally the way to go. I think sometimes having freshness between juveniles, it can maybe just take it out of them. And I think you can see the progression from the the uh, Ascot run to the Kempton run. And I'm expecting that he could possibly take another step forward, Tritonic. So I think he, he's he's got the right mould to win this race. Whereas that little break for Zana here, some might be people might be happy with it, but that would just be a little bit of a concern to me. And also as well, if the ground did dry out, um, I think it would favour Tritonic more than it would Zana here. So for me, it is going to be Tritonic. He is a little bit shorter than I would have liked in the betting now. I was hoping that he might have stayed around about three to one. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to take all the beating and I'm hope, hoping that uh, we can get a nice winner, especially for you, Katie, with Tritonic. Thanks, Chris. Mark, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I'm quite sweet on Tritonic as well. Um, I mean, I know there's only about a two to one available. There was bigger um, earlier. Uh, so Katie never tipped us off with that one, unfortunately. I did, um, but I did, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not very nice. But anyway, um, yeah, you're on a 33 to 1. Um, we still need to talk about that. Uh, moving forward, please send Phil Flake that elsewhere, not towards Betfair. <laughs> anyway, Tritonic 2 to 1. Uh, Smart in the flat for Alan King, 102 raids. I was really impressed with Tritonic at Ascot on the 23rd of January. Uh, running Casalope down late on. I actually think the, the second Casalope got first run that day. Jamie Moore gave, gave that one a good ride and tried to nick it from the front. Um, the second uh, Casalope actually hit 2.34 in running on the exchange with a bet for SP 12 to 1. So it did look like it was going to hold on. Um, and obviously next time out, there was there was a lot of people on social media um, were sort of going after Tritonic. Um, a lot of people got it wrong at Kempton and the close Spurs Adonis, Juvenile Herder. There was one person in particular, I'm not going to name any names, they had a, an absolute shocker that day. If I can recall, it was the same time as the Gordon Elliott saga. He started the day off with Tritonic was the lay of the century. And then I think the, the next tweet was dissing and attacking content creators. And the, the third tweet was um, saying that there's no way that Gordon Elliott fool can be real. So as you imagine, Tritonic absolutely hacked up. Um, the Gordon Elliott photo was real, and then this person appeared on a Cheltenham Festival preview the following week. So that person had an absolute shocker. <laughs> anyway, going back to the action here, I, I think Tritonic, I mean, it was really impressive at Kempton and the Coast Spurs, Donis, I mean, absolutely hacked up uh, five to six. Um, obviously beat Casalope more convincingly this time. I can see further improvement with the stamina being brought into play at Cheltenham. Adrian Heskin... He's, he's keen on the chances here as well. Uh, ticks all the boxes. And just alluding to Chris's comments with the ground as well. I mean, I don't really think he's massively ground dependent here. I mean, he ticks all the boxes, but I just think that 
if it did get a bit quicker, it's going to put it more in his favour. So he'd look even more of a value selection where it'd be a negative for the other ones at the top of the market. So I think Tritonic uh, looks difficult to be at two to one. Uh, one, one, one other one I would like to mention as well is uh, Willie Mullins, Hoot N. Collier is currently a 14 to one chance. Willie Mullins won this race last year with uh, Burning Victory. This one slightly went under the radar. Um, this French form is, is, is nothing outstanding. Um, but you have to respect the connections. And I don't think he would chuck this one in for no reason unless he thinks someone could run a big race. Um, but, I mean, 14-1 could be short enough. Um, there's not a lot of form on offer, but you obviously have to respect the connections. But the main bet would be Tritonic at 2-1 to one, uh, for the Triumph Hurdle. Yeah, I think I think Tritonic is, obviously, I'm completely biased, um, but I think and this will be the toughest contest that he's had so far. Um, but I think as much as everyone was saying after the Adonis run that the time wasn't great and it wasn't that impressive, like the horse only beat what was in front of him. Like he didn't need to go storming ahead and tire himself out and put extra pressure on. He just did what he had to do. There was a moment where he like kind of, I don't know, just lost a bit of speed and sucked back a bit and Adrian just gave him a little squeeze and said, no, up to your work stay at it and he was more than obliging i don't think in either of his runs yet we've seen adrian use a whip on him he's just i think alan seems really keen all vibes from all angles at that camp are that we haven't seen the best of him yet um so i'm quite excited about him i the only reason i got those 33s to one mark and I'm sorry I didn't tell you, was Max said in an interview, uh, Max McNeil, he said, um, he was being interviewed about another horse and he said, yeah, we've got another jumps weapon that no one's actually seen yet. And then when I saw Tritonic entered over hurdles, I thought that's who he's talking about. Um, So got on board then. But yeah. You've had a a write-off, Katie, you know? Well, it pays off. Be interested to see what the cash out is. Um, you probably you probably a mark account now if the if the traders are bet for. Well, we shall see, won't we? It depends what happens on the day. Fingers crossed. Right, let's wrap up for the triumph hurdle then. So we're all aboard the triumph um, tritonic train at two to one at the moment, um, and Mark offering us a little each way angle with a hoot and colours at 14 to 1 in most places. So next race, we have the 2.30 Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, another grade one race. Mark, fire away. This is, this is a horse that's actually been mentioned on a, a previous podcast that we had uh, Jonathan Moore on for. Uh, I can see a light bulb popping up on a Chris Loder's screen right now, and that is Vanilla. It's currently a 22 to 1 chance. Well, he was 22 to 1. When I sent those selections over, and he's twenty to one now, uh, and the only person that got those selections was Katie Clements. So, did you put I, that on with Betfair again? Did they click I, that? I I've had no involvement. Absolutely right, okay. no involvement. Okay. Anyway, uh, Vanilla, <laughs> uh, Gavin Cromwell, and uh, Johnny Moore. Uh, it was disappointing. Tenth uh, for 13th for the Nathaniel and Lacey partner solicitor, fifty k Cheltenham bonus. Novice hurdle grade one at the Dublin Racing Festival on the sixth of February. Um, was beating a long way out, uh, but I don't think the, the the stables runners were actually running that well at that that period in time. Um, if you can forgive Fennel of that run, um, his second on the twenty eighth of December behind Farrakh Delane looks good to me. Um, 
and Vanilla actually beat Willie Mullen Statler, who's at the top of the bang here, on the 21st of November in a maiden hurdle at Nice. Um, Statler is currently 4-1, to one, and Vanilla is a 22, well, 20-1 to one chance now. Um, Jonathan Moore was, was quietly bullish on, on his chances and when we had him on for the Dublin Racing Festival, and I just think this one... This one looks overpriced, and if there's any additional place market markets on offer, I think this I think this one's going to outrun his odds. Twenty two to one, twenty to one at the moment, Vanilla. Lovely stuff, Chris Leder. What have you got? Yeah, this race is a little bit weak. I think um, that in years gone by, you needed a horse that had a lot of experience under their belt to win this race because normally it's a brutal test of stamina but the last couple of years have thrown up a more of a classier type we had Benello Indo win it two years ago and obviously the mighty monkfish took it last year and what arguably was the I think the best race of the festival at least in the novice division of any novice division really because you had monkfish you had fury road late exhibition time hill all in the first four you know and any one of them could have won it in the last couple of furlongs, you know, so it was a really thrilling race to watch. Uh, but I don't think there's really too many superstars lurking in here this year. Obviously, they can take a step forward, you know, but a lot of horses that I think are going to be better chasers rather than hurdlers. Um, but the one I've come down on is Barbados Bucks for, for Paul Nichols. Now, I think the ground will definitely be riding on the quick side come the end of the week. There is meant to be a little bit of rain tomorrow, but I believe from Monday onwards, um, we're going to be getting quite a, a dry spell, you know, for, for the whole week. I think it's going to be quite a dry uh, Cheltenham week. So I imagine the, the ground will be good good to soft at, at worst case scenario, um, which would put quite a few of these, I think, up against it and Barbados Bucks has been a really progressive horse this season he'll be seeking a four-timer he's won his last three starts and he's not a flashy type by any means you know he's, he just knows how to get the job done and he's done his best form arguably on good ground um, and I think if uh, the conditions like I said are in his favour there I think he's got a, a great chance. He's from the family as well of Big Bucks, who was a multiple stairs hurdle uh, champion for Paul Nichols. So he knows the family well. Um, I think this horse, I think he's got a cracking chance of uh, making the frame. I think he's run about six, seven to one in places. I think that's a fair each way price. And um, yeah, I think uh, he's got the kind of profile you need to, to win a race of this nature. Um and like I said, I don't think it's a vintage renewal. I think Statler might be the best of these over fences in time. But for me, I think Barbados Bucks, if the ground's in his favour, as I expect it will, uh, he gets the nod for me. Perfect. So we will wrap up that one, the Albert Bartlett. So we've got Mark siding with Vanillaire. Um, who is currently at 20 to 1 in most places. And Chris with Barbados Books at 11.22. So the big race of the day, the 3.05 World Child Cheltenham Gold Cup Chase. Another grade one. Let's go with Mark again. What do you think? Cliff yeah. Horse, hey? Jeez. Loads of <laughs> Chris, Chris, no, you both know which horse I'm talking about here, don't you? Man, I said no more. I'm not doing this again, right? But <laughs> I've backed Santini. At 12 to 1 
Okay, on the exchange, got about thirteens as well. I tagged him at Aintree when uh, beaten by Lakeview Lads, turned in a female bumper that day. I tanked him at Kempton at King George beat, tanked him at Sandown, tailed off behind Native River. And this this is my cliff force. I uh Santini for the Gold Cup. You know what actually swayed me? It was actually the first time Visor that swayed me. I just feel like I can maybe give him give him the edge, a bit of concentration. And I looked at the statistics as well. Five runs at Cheltenham and never been out of play since two wins, two seconds, and a, and a third, and most notably the second to Albion four win last year's Gold Cup. I've watched that race over and over. Um, I just think that, I think if Santini gets a clear run over the last and that didn't get shortened up, because when they're coming to last, Albion four was on the inside and loss in translation was sort of in the middle and Robbie's just sort of closed the gap on Santini's lost momentum. I think he's lost the length there. I think if, if Nico... Obviously, hindsight's a great thing, but I think if he Nico just went, took him out to the right, to the side of loss in translation and got clean on the run on the outside, I think he went half a length or a length because he was running on strongly. I just, I just think 12 to 1 is a big price. I mean, I, I've got question marks about Champ. I mean, I'm not so sure why he's 9 to 2. Um, Manello Indo, I don't think he'll stay. Kenboy, a negative as well. I think 12 to 1 is a big price for Santini, just looking at the stats and how, good, how well he runs at the course. And... He would, he would be a good winner for me. I just think that he's been called a lot of names. I'm just hoping the first time Visor can sort of switch him on. Um, and we do know he stays. I just, I just think he's got he's, he's got a big chance and 12 to 1 is a fair price for me. Yeah, it was interesting when we had Aidan on earlier in the week. He said that out of his rides for the festival, um, Santini would have been the one that would have most benefited from having crowds. And... I mean, we haven't seen the best of him over the past year. So will putting something like the visor on to sharpen him up have a similar effect to a busy environment um, to get him a bit sparkier? Who knows? We can hope for your sake, can't we, Mark? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. That's a really good point. Um, like, I'm looking the bang here. I, I just I can understand why a plus tard is so short, 9-2, because the potential they're a champ. I wasn't that impressed with that that run last time out. I mean, nine to two short enough for me. Manila Endo as well. No, nothing spectacular this season. Will this one stay? I'm not so sure. Kenboy ten to one. Around this sort of trip, not for me. I mean, Royal Pagali. I mean, that's ten to one as well. It's got to step up, obviously, from handicap company. But I think twelve to one Santini's a big price. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, from a place angle, you can't really argue that. Chris Loder, what do you think? Yeah, I think. This is quite a wide open gold cup than the betting suggests. I think Albion Photo obviously deserves to be the favourite, trying to create history. We should mention he's if he does win the gold cup, he'll be the first um, uh, horse to, to win three consecutive gold cups since Best Mate, uh, which was nearly 15 years ago now. So it is some feat what he's going to try and uh, do. And he's had the exact same prep running at Tremor and then coming straight here. And it's obviously worked for him. But I do think that his rivals this year are definitely a worthy bunch and it's hard to rule a lot of these out. Um, I, I want to take on our boom photo. I don't like backing a horse that kind of price uh, for the Gold Cup. But if you fancy him, I wouldn't put you off. I was actually quite taken with Champ's run actually at Newbury in the game spirit and he will just get my uh, my selection here. Um, I, w- I was quite taken by that. He showed a lot of speed, you know, and and I thought he did really well to to keep up with the pace and 
really give a good account of himself. His jumping was good. It was only at the last where he was a little bit untidy. But apart from that, I thought he'd really improved in the jumping department. And I think he's always wanted three miles. Um, he, uh, he was famously said, I think it was after he won at Newbury, that uh, Nicky Henderson said he'd been completely running him over the wrong trip. And I think you saw that. Well, obviously, he did pick up the pieces to win the RSA. But still, I do think he, he's more effective over um, over three miles. He also, as well, as a, as a novice hurdler, won the uh, the Sefton novices hurdle, which is over three miles at Aintree, you know. So he, I think he he does stay. And he even beat Lisnagar Oscar in that race, who obviously went on to win the stairs hurdle. So you can't tell me that he doesn't stay. Um, I think I, I think that would that was the kind of run that would just bring him on. Um, uh, something I've been actually looking at in the last few weeks, actually, what Nicky Henderson's done because it was such a maverick move to run over two miles, and then you, in your next start you're going to run over three miles. I've seen a couple of horses over the last few weeks, and it's not an angle I've really thought of before. I've seen a few horses run okay that they, 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 they haven't won on their first start after a layoff like maybe running over two miles just to sharpen them up and then I've backed them on their next start and they've actually gone on to win when they were running slightly further up in trip over two and a half miles up to three miles so I think it's actually quite a clever angle sometimes just running them over uh, a shorter trip just to get the freshness out of them and then next time is is the cash in day if that makes sense um i think i think i think it's a clever move potentially by nicky henderson here and i think he's got a great chance i think a plutard would be the biggest danger and the one i am scared of i can't believe it i tipped him at the start of the season for the tote 10 to follow and then um he got beat i think if i remember before you had to make your final team decks and then i took him out and then obviously he went on to win uh, win at Christmas, didn't he? So shows how much I know. Um, but yeah, I, I think he I think he's got a great chance. He, he loves Cheltenham. He won the novice handicap chase, and um, a couple of years ago, and then he ran a fair race in the Rhino last year to make the frame. You know, so I think the I think he's got a great chance. And the other one I, I wouldn't put you off is is Frodon. You know, good old Frodon. Um, I was just about to try and squeeze him in for a mention. Yeah, exactly. I think he's just such a sound jumper. And we know um, Cheltenham is pretty much a home game for him. But it'll be interesting to see how, how the, the tactics play out because Native River would like to go forwards uh, and Verdon obviously does. And... Do you not think Kempton, sorry, sorry for interrupting the Kemboy, do you not think this one could, I... could cut it up with Fodon early and set it up for a proper finisher? Maybe Champ... Well, I don't know if Kenboy's actually meant to run here. Um, <laughs> Willie Mullins did say after he won the Irish Gold Cup, no, he's not going to Cheltenham. And if he did go to Cheltenham, it might be the stairs hurdle. But I, I don't actually have Kenboy's entries right in front of me here. But um, it would be a bit of a big contradiction. No, he didn't make the, the, the five-day entry stage for the stairs. So maybe they are thinking of coming here and and if the ground was on the good side maybe that's where the angle they're coming in because ken boy's best form it is on good ground but for me he's always run shockers at, at um cheltenham ken boy um yeah i i don't know see that's my negative with him i mean i, I was looking at the prices 10 to 1 ken boy for for the gold cup or 12 to 1 santini i mean santini's got a much better record of the course that was my negative with that one i'm not sure 
extended trip and tell him I think it'd be a negative. I mean, Kenboy runs in this race. I mean, he's a place lay for me. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, Kenboy, I I think he's got no chance. Um, you know, obviously... double the stake there, Loader. Thanks for that. I I'll, think I'll, I'll, I'll be a four place lay as well. Uh, I I'd rather be keen on him if he ran in the um in the Betway Bowl at Aintree, which he was an impressive winner at. A couple of years ago, I think he was, and then he won the uh, the, the Punchers Town Gold Cup, which was Ruby's Ruby Walsh's last ever ride in public, and and obviously won on him. And um, yeah, it was a great day, or maybe a sad day, I should say, for racing. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, Ken Boy could be interesting if he does run, but for me, yeah, his form around Cheltenham isn't great right. and not convincing, so he would really need to step up on that. What do you think, Kate Clements? Who's the one to be here? Oh, I don't. I mean, I'm with Chris in thinking that I actually really liked Champ's last run. Um, and I guess if you're a human athlete, you don't run a marathon to train for a marathon. So why do you need to go over a three mile two furlong trip to train for a three mile two furlong trip? Um, so I don't really mind that he's had a kind of speed test at a shorter distance. I think he jumped well and he looked in fantastic form. Um, my heart says road on. I just think, I mean, we know he likes to track and Nichols wouldn't have him in this for a laugh. Um, and I think he was overlooked for the King George. Um, and that was just, oh, the best day. And all the Bryony haters can shut up <laughs> because she just had the timings down for that with that horse absolutely perfectly. Um, and, you know, people say she's a one-trick pony, she's good at riding from the front, but that isn't easy to do because when you're riding from the front, it's like if you're an event rider riding cross-country, you can lose track and then you can drain your stamina and drain your energy um but to be able to ride and keep a pace and know that you've got enough to get home um is still in front is is really hard um so i've got so much respect to Brian for that i mean like once i went around a cross-country course and i came in 43 seconds under the time and i thought i was going slowly but because it was windy, my perception was off. So to have that talent is is really special. And I hope, I do hope they get another day in the spotlight. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I know everyone wants the Native River fairy tale, um, but how old is Native River now? He's 11 and the la like nine out of the 10 last years for this race have been won by horses aged between seven and nine. So is it a bit past this time for it? I don't know. That, that would uh, lead to uh, a plus card and Royal Pagali being the two for ne next year. Get on any post uh, 2022. Um, champs are nine-year-olds as well. I mean, yeah, actually, in Santini, for them, they're all nine-year-olds had a lot of racing. Yeah, you've got most of them are seven, eight, and nine. It's, it is just mm. um, Native River that's that bit older. So, would that stat put me off him maybe a little bit? Normally, it's the horse that 
is the more younger progressive horses the way to go in the gold cup normally normally actually running in it and then running in it the following year if you haven't won it is normally a massive negative but native river did prove that fact to be wrong because obviously mm. he finished third i think in his first ever attempt and then he had obviously the mighty jewel with might bite in his second start um but i, I don't know why they just haven't gone down the the go the grand national route with <laughs> Nate river we spoke about it last year but, but apparently that was never the plan that was a bit more of a media campaign i think to run him there but i think you'd have a great chance even on good ground in, in a national because you just know he, he stays he stay, stays all day so does um, Royal Pigeon have entries elsewhere? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, in the National Hunt Chase. But yeah. connections, well, we get the declarations to, so that'd be this actually. Hours, yeah. This won't be out until Monday, this podcast. And we'll get the National Hunt decks out Sunday morning. So we'll know, you'll know if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> probably where he's going. I, I suspect the National Hunt Chase. Um, I think he he's actually favourite for that race at the moment. So um, I think you. Oh, I, I, I want a Scaria ten for that race so much. I really hope. Um, I think he could. That's yeah. a good angle, actually. I mean, in Royal Pagath, if that doesn't run in the on the Tuesday, what price is Scaria ten? He's five to one right now. Surely that's a five to two chance. To I mean, one. the McNeils are being a little bit. Um, hedging their bets a bit they've they've still got an entry with Escaria 10 for the Ultima so they've dropped Adrian up um for the National Hunt Chase but they haven't actually decided yet I think it's gonna I think it's a bit of a game of chess to see who stays in um before they decide where they're gonna send him so the 305 World Tried Cheltenham Gold Cup we've got Chris siding with Champ who's currently 92 in most places Mark Going off a cliff with Santini, who is currently priced at 12. This is the last time, Katie. No more. <laughs> yeah. Can I have that as a snippet, Chris, for future reference? Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll put my heart on the line here and I'll back Frodo on at 12 to 1. So wrap up for this evening's podcast, just by saying thank you to everyone for listening and thank you, Mark and Chris, for your analysis. Hopefully we can find the listeners some winners for the festival. Um, so yeah, carry on doing what you do, guys. Um, the podcast is growing every week. So keep liking, sharing, retweeting, subscribing on all the usual platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you don't miss any of the latest podcasts. Hope everyone has a great festival week. And remember, please gamble responsibly. Yeah.